0: Welcome to the Happy, Healthy, Strong podcast. Our goal is to equip you with the knowledge and tools you need to make lasting changes in your health. Society has trained us to think that Western medicine is the answer to long-term health, but this approach only treats symptoms and never addresses the root cause. Without a new approach, our community will experience unnecessary sickness and suffering. We teach the functional health model to educate and empower listeners on their journey to a happier, healthier, and stronger life. My name is Paige, and I'm a certified holistic health coach. I'm joined by my co host, Dr. Alex Arguello, doctor of chiropractic and functional health practitioner. Join us as we unpack some of the most pressing health challenges facing our community today. Welcome back to the Happy Healthy Strong Podcast. Today is the third and final episode in our series on detoxing. So up until this point, we've covered how the process works in the body for detoxing, and then we've talked about all all the different ways that it can go wrong and the ways that that might show in symptoms and all of that. And so today is the episode that we've all been waiting for. It is the one that is what can we do about it? How can we avoid these negative health impacts?
1: Yes. So if you were listening to the show last week and maybe you have some of that stuff we talked about, right? Some gut issues or skin issues or hormonal stuff, immune system dysfunction, those type of things. Although those things could be related to other stuff going awry in your body. Um, it might be that you um, have too much toxicity and your body's detoxification systems need to be addressed and need to be upregulated. So I think the best way to break this down would be starting with some basic stuff and then going from there to get to some more, I don't know if advanced is the right um, proper terminology, but just some advanced detox protocols maybe or what to do if, you're, if your body's really in a state of toxicity and needs to, to get rid of it. Um, so I think that would be the most helpful mm-hmm. uh, for people. So having said that, even when we get to the more advanced part of this we are still not talking about um specific detox protocols for like if you have heavy metal toxicity or some sort of biotoxin like mold or or you've been bit by a tick and have Lyme's um disease something like that that those are even above and beyond what we will, would be going through not that you wouldn't do a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about today but it would just need to be more specific and maybe in the future we could do something Maybe we will talk about those things sure. in future in mm-hmm. future shows. But that's kind of a, a whole other conversation. But basic level stuff. So I think I just have three things just to kind of let people know where we're going. First one would be fasting. So also something we probably need to do a whole s- whole series on. Huh? Right, right. Uh, yeah. Just because there's so many ways to do fasting. When you say fasting, people are like, "What oh, are you talking about a water fast, a juice fast, a dry fast? Are you t- you know, what kind of fasting are you talking about? Um, and then it's just beneficial for so many different things. So yes, we will probably do more on fasting, especially if you guys have questions about it or want to know more about it and let us know that we will, we will talk more about this, but in terms of helping our body detox fasting, it's simply the less you put into the body, the more the body can do with its other systems, right? So we're thinking detoxification system. And although it's connected to <clears throat> excuse me, all the other systems in the body, it has a, a specific purpose and everything in the body that happens, every function requires energy. It requires resources. So if we are not eating a bunch of food, which requires the digestion to have resources and energy to break down that food, then the detoxification systems are going to have more energy to do their job. So simply <clears throat> not giving the detox or the d- the digestive system more to do. We're giving the detoxification system um, more opportunity to do to do its job. I think we've talked about that a little bit before with our immune system, right? If we're right. fighting something off, we want to stay away from food yeah. so that we don't have to kind of use that energy to, to break down that food. Yep. So basically our liver and kidneys can catch up when we, when we are, are fasting. Mm-hmm. So some of the options here, what would those be? Well, you could do what's called time-restricted feeding or what most people know as intermittent fasting. This is where you're fasting from food and drink that has caloric value um, for much of the day, and then you're allowing yourself a shorter eating window to take in calories. So a lot of people do what are called 16-8 fasts, so they they aren't eating anything for 16 hours of the 24-hour period, and then they have a feeding window of 8 hours. So the 16 is fasting, 8 hours is feasting. Um, That's kind of a a version of time-restricted feeding or, or intermittent fasting. Some people, when they do that, they only do water, um, which is what I would recommend. But other people, um, it would still be considered a fast. It'd still be helpful for detoxification if you're doing like, maybe you're only doing tea during that time. You could even do coffee during that time. Um, some people would do, this is when they would do bone broth during their fast. Yeah. Or, or they would do vegetable slash fruit juice during that. Um, these would be all forms of kind of that not taking in as much food. Minimizing the amount of um, time that you're eating, but then also number of meals that you're taking in would be um, one version of of a fast. Then you could also take that a little further. You could do longer fasts. um, So thinking occasionally I'm going to go 24 hours, so a whole day without eating anything. If you were to do that one time per week, maybe that would be a kind of a version of a fast that would be helpful for upregulating detoxification systems. Or you could do, like, I'm going to do a three-day fast, which is pretty popular now. I don't know if (laughs) you've thought of ever doing that. But I've done it twice. Um, three day fast. And you can think I'm going to do this about every quarter, like every three months, take three days and, and fast. And
0: that's kind of the same thing where you're like water, tea, maybe coffee, juice, bone yeah, broth. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it just kind of depends on what you think. So a lot of this is just mindset, right? If, mm-hmm. if you think, oh man, not e- taking in anything at all would be super stressful and overwhelming for my body, then I wouldn't recommend that. Now if you think you could do just water and maybe some sea salt, then that would be a, a good way to do it. Um, but if you needed to do like bone broth or if you needed to still take in coffee during that time, tea that, yeah, that would be perfectly fine mm-hmm. to do that. Basically you're trying to minimize, you're restricting the number of calories that you're taking in, in that three day period, which has a whole other impact on your immune system. and has a whole other impact on just your body's ability to get rid of abnormal cells and, and that are just always sitting there. Um, but it, in terms of what we're talking about, detoxification, because you're not giving the digestive system work to do, many times it can clear out the stuff that it just never gets caught up doing. But then also liver, kidneys can do their work and really get rid of the toxins that they're supposed to get rid of.
0: Okay. Will people experience like... Obviously, they'll be hungry. That'll be a thing to yeah. work through. But will there be, like, other symptoms to kind of deal with as your body is pushing yeah. out yep. toxins? And yeah. Stuff?
1: So if if you are not used to in any way doing um, even, like, the intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. um, you're more than likely you're used to having pretty high blood sugar levels. So when you aren't eating anything, um, if, if we're talking about the longer fast right now, mm-hmm. um, if you're not eating anything, then your blood sugar is going to drop, of course, and even if it's in the normal range, if you're used to having very high blood sugars, sure. you're yeah. gonna you're gonna think you're like, oh, my blood sugar is very very low. So lightheadedness, you know, kind of brain fog, those mm-hmm. type of things, <laughs> because your brain is so used to having so much sugar to use. If you take it away, then now you know there's gonna be consequences for that. Right. It's not necessarily dangerous consequences because you're not in the hypoglycemic range that is dangerous for people. It's just that's what your body's experiencing. So those would be that could be one of the, the things that people experience. But again, this is The purpose of this is to help detoxify your body. So if you try one of these things and then you're like, oh, I can't do it, perfectly fine. You at least went longer than you ever have before. Right. You you got some more detoxification happening than than typically happens. So.
0: Should people kind of work up, like, start with? If you've never done this before, maybe just try just the time-restricted feeding where yeah. you're still eating every day, and then maybe a 24-hour and
1: great goal. Eventually, great goal. If you don't have anything to do with this time-restricted feeding stuff, let's say, hey, you wake up at seven o'clock, and right away you put something in your body, and then you're eat, you go to bed at 10, and you're eating all the way until 10 o'clock. That's a very l- small um, fasting window. So just extending that out an hour on both sides is a, is a way of, of working towards this yeah. right it's just kind of getting your it's body used to those start. things
0: mm-hmm. yeah. okay
1: so fasting would be the first one. Second one kind of comes right out of that it would be just to drink more water um if you're going to be doing this fasting your water intake should increase naturally of course because if you're not taking in food this is a great time to be taking in water and people are just like to put things in their body anyway so yeah. they're gonna they might as well put water in instead of the food that they're gonna put in but even if you don't do any of the fasting, just drinking more water in general can sig- significantly um, kind of upregulate those detoxification systems. Just think the water is kind of pushing things out. It helps mainly with the elimination part of, of detoxification, which could be c- considered kind of phase three of detoxification. So it's going to help you urinate more. It's going to ha- help with stools. It's, if you have a struggle with constipation, you're going to have more stools. And then sweating, right? The more you're drinking, the more you should be, should be sweating. So the big here big thing here I would say is, um, don't, don't cause a problem though. So if you're going to be taking in more water, don't put more toxicity in your body while you're trying to get rid of toxicity. What I mean by that is water can be one of the most toxic things we put in our body. So I used to do a talk that was called the toxic top five, you know, so I'm talking about like chemicals and stuff that in in industrialized world, but water was one of those top five and everybody was like, Oh, what do you mean? Why is water so toxic? But you know, just if you look into typical tap water and all this, the chemicals and stuff that are in it to even just clean it, um, you're getting a lot of chlorine, there's fluoride, toxic fluoride and stuff in there. Um, they've done studies where they found people who unfortunately like empty out their, um, prescription medications down the toilet that gets into the sewage system and that can be detected in water, heavy metal stuff, you know, just a bunch of stuff that's in the water. So, Um, if you're going to do this, which again, it's a basic recommendation to help detoxify your body. So I would recommend it getting some sort of filtration system, um, at the lowest level, some type of like Brita type filter, um, where you can just pour some of it in this filter. And then that's what you're drinking out of, Or you can get a a water filtration system put in your house, like a reverse osmosis Mm -hmm. um, system. There's plenty of ways to, to filter out the water. Um, so there's really no reason not to do it.
0: I think you can look up on like the EWG if you just even Google like EWG water score and then your zip code. They have done all this testing. Have you looked at this? Uh, like the maybe chemicals? A long time ago, yeah, I yeah. It it, I looked at it recently for like our area. It's terrible. Water? Fluoride? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just so bad. And yeah. it's like, this is what we're bathing in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> drink, well, well I, We don't drink I, it, but yeah.
1: I haven't, I mean, I, I learned about this, you know, whatever, 12 years ago when I was in chiropractic school um, and started then, I mean, we would, when we first um, started our family and we were living in, in East Moline, um, when I got back here to start the practice and we would drive to, to Hy-Vee or Walmart and fill up like 10 jugs of, <laughs> of water so right. that we would have drinking water. But yeah, so it's been that long since I've to drink tap, tap water. Yeah. So then if I, if I get it at all, yeah. Like to me I can taste this stuff. Oh that yeah. Like
0: at a restaurant or something. Yeah. It's just yeah. yeah. Pretty hard to
1: <laughs> pretty hard to do. Okay. Um that's kind of the second thing. So these are just basic things. Fasting, okay. increased water intake. Third one, um, would be something that we've already hit on in this series and that is just move your body more. So depending on where you're at with this, um, might just be being more intentional about walking more. So if you are very sedentary, aren't sitting or are sitting down frequently, especially if you work, have a desk job, you're kind of there for eight hours a day. Um, and maybe some of you listening are like, I can't believe people do that. But uh, when I talk to people about you know, movement, this is unfortunately what a lot of people are at Totally. Yeah. back to that whole production, mm-hmm. um, kind of mindset that we have in our culture. Um, people really, really sit in front of their computer for long extended periods of time, yep. um, and it, yeah, it just does a number on your body. So it, just get up and walk more, move more, those type of things. But if you're already used to that, if you're already walking, then I would say get in some type of longer aerobic type exercise. So something, thinking, something over 20 minutes where I'm moving my body. So we just did a workout here at the gym um, of 25 minutes, right? So we were moving for 25 minutes. Um, that's the type of thing that I'm talking about. You're getting to the kind of the aerobic stages of exercise. That's going to help you sweat more. Um And then if you are used to that, then getting into some type of higher intensity exercise where you're really working your body for shorter bouts. So I wouldn't go high intensity for that 20 minutes, but now we're thinking 10, 15, 20 seconds of really just going hard. Mm -hmm. That's when your body's going to sweat more, and that's the purpose of it, right? The more you work out, the harder you're going to breathe to get rid of toxicity, and the more you're going to sweat to get rid of toxicity, So those would be kind of the three basic things that I would say relatively easy to do, relatively inexpensive to do, um, just good ways of of improving the detoxification systems of the body.
0: If you are fasting, should you be up increasing movement at the same time or should these be happening kind of uh, over the course of, you know what I mean? Yep.
1: Yep. Um, I, I have no issue with people. I mean, again, you, you, it might be person to person. So you want to, um, well, I guess we're always supposed to say check with your physician <laughs> on these things, right? There's a medical disclaimer Yeah. the So if I have no issue with people when they're f- fasting, um, having them still exercise. Yeah. Especially people that I'm typically recommending fasting outside of detoxification protocols is typically to... Um, improve insulin sensitivity. So we're trying to lower insulin levels. So that combination of fasting where you're not stimulating insulin and then you're exercising, which is also going to make you more insulin sensitive. That's just a, a powerful way of getting rid of insulin resistance. So, Plus, if you think people that are insulin resistant have a lot of energy stored on their body already in form of fat, so they're going to be able to break that down and, and get what they need um, to be able to sustain them through the exercise. If they can't get through that exercise, it's more than likely not an energy source thing. It's just that their their fitness level is that, is that low, sure. so not an issue. Got it. Okay. Um, next level, so kind of those are the basic things, kind of next level to this would be more intentional about what we're eating. Um, So intentional. What I mean by this is, of course, we're on some sort of anti-inflammatory diet, real food diet, those type of things. It doesn't make a ton of sense to start thinking about fasting and water and and n- n- even getting to the advanced, you know, kind of detoxification protocols if you're just going to continue to eat pizza and McDonald's and you know drink pop. Right. So that's kind of assumed. That's <laughs> what we're doing. Right. But getting foods in your diet that help with detoxification. So the first thing that I think of it would be fiber-containing foods. So fiber helps in with pushing things through our digestive tract cuz actually what it does is we don't necessarily get anything beneficial from fiber but it feeds the bacteria that are in our digestive tract and then these bacteria are what are called promotility bacteria so they uh, they cause stool and stuff to move through your your intestines to be able to be ready for for elimination. So if you're deficient in these bacteria because you never feed them these sources of fiber cuz that's what they eat so if they're not getting them then they're not going to um, they're not going to stimulate that motility, um, then they're going to die. Or if you've like done a lot about antibiotics or a bunch of toxins can actually even kill them as well, um, then elimination is going to be inhibited, right? Constipation is going to happen. You're just not going to have um, normal stools, those type of things. So that's going to inhibit detoxification. So plant-based fibers are great. I would recommend things like avocado. So the fatty fruits, like avocado, olive, coconut, even cacao, those type of things. Great way to do that. Um, especially for those who might be, if you already have digestive issues, you might be sensitive to a lot of the green leafy vegetables. A lot of foliage um, can just uh, cause a lot of bloating, gassiness with people. So, getting them from those fatty fruits, but then also seeds, um, things like flaxseed, chia seeds, those are great sources of this fiber that are stimulating to these um, bacteria that we need to push things through the digestive tract. So, real food diet getting plant-based foods for the fiber purposes to try to feed these bacteria so that they can kind of help you eliminate those type of things second thing would be eating bile producing foods so I don't know if we've mentioned bile before but basically bile is a substance that the liver makes and then it passes it on to the gallbladder and the gallbladder is where it's stored and then the gallbladder releases it into our digestive tract to number of different purposes you know absorbing fat-soluble vitamins um, breaking down cholesterol all of these different things happen but Bile is also something that's significant for detox. Um, It's basically how waste products, so we talked about toxins coming in from the outside, but then there's also toxins that are made on the inside of our body. Those also need to be dealt with. They need to be eliminated. Um, So we would call those waste products. Bile is really what kind of grabs those things up and then allows them to be eliminated primarily in your stool. So if you are not eating things um, that stimulate the liver to produce this bile, then you're not going to have enough of it, and it's going to slow down your detoxification. So you might be really good at kind of binding up these toxins coming in from the outside, turning them from fat soluble to water soluble. Um, but if you're not ever able to get rid of the kind of the waste products that your body's making on the inside, um, then again, you're going to you're still going to be toxic, and detoxification is not going to be where you want it to be. So what are those things? This would be things like apple cider vinegar, mm, okay. which everybody loves when I tell them to have that in the morning. <laughs> it's not that um, bad. No, it's something that you definitely get used to if you right. continue doing it right at the beginning. Um, you're probably, your mindset is thinking it's going to be a lot worse than, than what it is. Um, absolutely. So how you do that, you can start with a teaspoon, even a half a teaspoon. You could either just put that in and then chase it with water. You can put it in some water and drink it. Working your way up to even a tablespoon um, a day is going to help to stimulate these this bile in the liver. Lemons and limes, which is probably an easier way of doing it. Um, I'm tic- typically recommending both for people. And then things like ginger, turmeric, um, and then a lot of the garnishes, mint, parsley, cilantro, those type of things. Those are all, when you take these things in, stimulating um, for, for bile. So all great ways to, to do that.
0: And it's good. You hear a lot about doing that first thing in the morning, yeah. right? Like yep You just, just kind of prepare your, your body for digestion okay. throughout
1: the day. Yep great way. And especially if you're going to be doing some of the fasting, that should be probably a time where you're not taking in a lot of food anyway. Right. So it's another great way to, to do that. All right. Lastly in this section, um, I would say is you making sure, so this kind of comes with the whole real food diet thing, but making sure you're getting your micronutrients um, that are supposed to be in your diet. Um, so whether you're going to do this with organ meats like liver Um, good quality red meat, like organic grass fed beef, or if you're not doing as much of that stuff and you're going to do more plant-based foods, this is of course where they talk about, you know, getting lots of colors in your diet, lots of variety with your food. So fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, things like sweet potatoes. If you're going to do grains, ancient grains like quinoa, those type of things. These are all very nutrient dense foods, getting a lot of the micronutrients. So think minerals, um, vitamin um vitamin b those type of things these are all micronutrients that you'd be getting in your diet um you would think that if you just ate a real food diet you would get these things but a lot of times what can happen is you eat a lot of real food but you eat a lot of the same stuff all the time um so there are some foods that are high in magnesium some foods are high in calcium right but they're they're very low in some of the other micronutrients so if you kind of have a variety of foods um and especially if you're eating something like a liver, that's going to have a lot of every type of micronutrient. Um, these are just things that are important to be thinking through uh, to get your get the the right level of of these vitamins, these minerals, antioxidants, all these type of things are necessary. Because if you remember last week, and this is what we'll get into this in this next section of kind of the more advanced way of doing it, there's that phase one of detoxification and the phase two of detoxification, and each of them have different um, what are called cofactors necessary to go through them. So some of them need a lot of B vitamins, other ones need a lot of amino acids. So having a variety of foods with a lot of real foods, whole foods, that's the best way of, of doing it.
0: Yeah, that is kind of one of the harder things because you just get stuck in a rhythm of like, oh I'm eating healthy and I like this certain meal or yeah. whatever. And
1: it's yep. just kind yep. of
0: hard to So it's a good reminder to just be intentional. About yeah,
1: another thing that happens I think is is so when you Start eating a, a real food diet, um, you know, and we've I think defined real food maybe in the past or I don't know. I have to do so many different things that maybe <laughs> I haven't defined it. Yeah, I think we have. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's not that you can't have any sort of processing with real food. There, you can process a food and it still be real, mm-hmm. right? So the example I gave is something like a, a Larabar, if you're familiar right. with bars. It's just fruit and nuts typically, right? So those are two fruits or two real foods that they've put together, and then they put a package in it. So it's just in, a, in a way, it's processed, right? But it's still real food. Yes. The processed stuff is when you look at the ingredient list, and there's not just the real food ingredients. There's a bunch of other stuff that's inside of it, additives, preservatives, colorings, you know, a bunch of chemicals. Mm-hmm. So we want to try to minimize those and eat foods that have very... Very low ingredients are just foods that are right off the tree or out of the ground, of course, or something you're you're hunting. Right. Um, But when you kind of go to that sort of diet, you are missing a lot of the snack foods that you used to eat. So then you try to find just healthier snack foods. And then it's just, it's amazing how those just become so much a part of your diet, right? Beca- because we're still, all of us are big snackers. And <laughs> <we just> want, <laughs> want you food, too? So. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I have specific – well, I shouldn't say that. I'm probably getting worse at all of it. But <laughs> I, I used to not do any of that because the whole intermittent fasting, time-restricted feeding thing that we that we talked about in the beginning of the show, um, I've been doing that for a very long time. But my problem was always I would eat late, right? So I would have dinner, and then we would you know, be w- with the family, and then we'd be putting kids to bed. And then a- after that whole process, that's when I'm like, okay, I just want something to eat. Sure. So that's when it would typically happen. But, I mean, it's definitely – when I get home from work, I'm wanting something. When I get home, for, you know, I do sh- split shifts. So I'll get home from my first shift and then I want something. Mm-hmm. I go from my second shift and I want something. So, yeah, snacking can just kind of creep in easily. Totally. And it's not typically grabbing an apple or something like that, right? It's what what's the healthy snack food that we're having. So yeah. if that's making, basically what I'm trying to say, if that's making up a lot of your diet, you might be missing out on a lot of the just the real whole foods that are going to bring a lot of these micro, totally. micronutrients. Totally.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get back to the, to the source.
1: Yep. Okay, last section. Maybe not as long as I thought here. Well, I don't know how long this is going to go here. <laughs> so I I said um, kind of more advanced yeah. detoxification, and, and maybe advanced is, isn't the best way of describing it, but what I mo- b- mean here is you're actually being more intentional with upregulating detoxification it, primarily with supplements that you're going to be doing here. So we mentioned kind of the basic stuff, of fasting and um, and. Uh, moving and drinking more water and then be getting specific with your diet. Those are all ways of doing things without having to add something else. But when you have some more significant detoxification system, sy- symptoms, mm-hmm. so thinking last week, like the skin issues, digestive issues, those type of things, then that's when, you know, getting more um, intentional about taking something that's going to upregulate these systems can be, can be important. So when we do that, the important thing is, 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 not just doing things that maybe you read on the internet that are important for detoxification um, because there can be some significant problems that happen with that. Meaning, because there's that phase one and that phase two part of detoxification, if you're doing something maybe that raises phase one, then now your body's getting really good at grabbing hold of those toxins and then moving them to, if you remember from the first show, that intermediary state But if the phase two, if you're very poor at phase two detoxification, then you're never going to get there, and then you're just recirculating these toxins, right? And this is a lot of times why when people do some sort of a detox protocol, they start to have some significant symptoms, and then maybe they're told, well, you're detoxing, and that's just kind of what it feels like when you detox. I mean, maybe that could be the case, but a lot of times what happens is your phase two is blocked, so you're not actually getting rid of those toxins. You're just stimulating them, and you're kind of recirculating them in, in your body. Sure. And that's what's leading to the actual. So it's a it's a toxicity symptom, not a detox system, many, many times. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do something like this, then you want to do something that's going to upregulate both of these systems. You want to upregulate phase one, of course, to, to kind of start the process, but you want to make sure that these toxins are getting into that water-soluble form to be able to be eliminated Um from the body. Now, every supplement company that's in the functional health space has their own detoxification supplement, um, and all of them are more than likely are fine to use. The ones that I've used the most are st- from Designs for Health, a company called Designs for Health, and then Apex Energetics. Um, those are the two that at least I've used with clients in the past the most. But typically, what these products are going to be is it's going to be some form of a plant-based protein supplement. And the reason that that's the case is because a lot of times people, these are used as, as more of a meal replacement type thing. So instead of having a meal, you're just going to do something that's going to give you some nutrition. So some protein in it, also going to have a lot of the micronutrients necessary. Um, but also that phase two part of the detox, what's required in there is a lot of amino acids. So you want some sort of a protein-based supplement that's going to give you what you need to break down that protein to get to those amino acids for that, that phase two part of the of the detoxification. So it's going to start with some sort of, again, typically plant-based um, protein. And then it's going to have a lot of the other enzymes and cofactors necessary for the liver to do de- their detoxification. So we've mentioned B vitamins before. So all the B vitamins involved specifically with phase one, there's something called n cysteine that's in a lot of these products. And that's there primarily to um, upregulate something called glutathione in your body. So you can think of glutathione as kind of the master antioxidant or detoxifier of our cells. Some experts, now these experts are much, a lot of their work is in the kind of the toxicity world, but they believe that the level of glutathione that you have in your body can really actually determine how long you're going to live. So if you have very low levels of glutathione in your body, then... Time is short huh. in terms of being able to fight off toxicity and be able to adapt and, and survive and thrive. So we want to make sure glutathione levels are, are robust in right. the body. So there's a lot of ways of doing that. But one of the important things about glutathione, is it's actually one of the things that's part of both phase one and phase two, but it's kind of the protector of, of the cell. So we know things like vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin E, these are all antioxidants. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you're eating lots of, um, berries and stuff like that. You're getting a lot of the other antioxidants. There's, you know, used to be, I don't know if it's so much anymore, but it used to be a big craze in the health world to eat things like goji berries and all Mm -hmm. that because they're very high in the antioxidant content. So those things are fine. Um, but glutathione is the kind of the main one that protects all of them. So it's you're just going to get much more out of all of these other antioxidants if you have high levels of, of glutathione in the body. So you can of course take glutathione. This is something that I recommend for people. But the N-acetylcysteine, that's something that your body takes in and then makes glutathione out of it. So that's why it's in a lot of these products. Um, hmm. You can take N-acetylcysteine on its own. Um, It's actually another benefit of that is if you have a lot of mucus, it helps to break down mucus. Um, So especially going into the wintertime here, that's another big one to to be taken. But yeah, so the glutathione thing is is huge. And then I just mentioned all the other antioxidants are more than likely going to be in these products. And then of course, a long list of minerals necessary for detox, things like selenium and copper and zinc and all of these things. Um, are going to be in these products. And then, of course, milk, milk thistle. So milk thistle, I'm sure people have heard about milk thistle and it being good for detox. Uh, what its purpose is, is basically it protects the liver um, from toxic chemicals. So it kind of shields toxic chemicals from getting in, in the liver so that the liver can do its job, right? So helpful in just the whole detoxification process. But primarily, it's kind of protecting the liver so that the liver can actually do its job. Because of course, if the liver gets really toxic; then you're in trouble. That, yeah, because that's the main detox. That's the of main thing fire. that you're yeah. yep, trying to. That's the one doing the work. Mm-hmm. So, taking one of these products with all of those things in it is yeah. typically how this works. Um, but it's especially powerful if you can do it along with doing all of those other things that we talked about. Okay. Right. Yeah. So this is why when a lot of people in the functional health world are recommending detoxes for people um, sometimes kind of a protocol is the client comes in, they go through their history and then they order some tests. Those tests typically are taking whatever 10 to 14 days to get back. So they'll have them do some sort of detox protocol in the beginning of everything before they get started with anything else, before they know anything about what the test results say and all that stuff. It's kind of just a way of jump starting somebody changing changing their lifestyle And the
0: protocol would include the things that you mentioned in the beginning, plus adding in a supplement like this. Yes.
1: Yep. So you're going to be, again, looking at your food. Am I taking in the right foods, right? I'm I'm getting rid of a lot of the toxic foods that I'm not supposed to be eating. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be moving my body more, right? I'm going to be increasing my fasting windows. I'm going to be taking in more water, all of that stuff. And then you're going to take two weeks, sometimes 30 days to take one of these products to really help upregulate phase one, phase two, to try to get rid of a lot of the the toxicity um, that's that's in the body.
0: How long does it, I mean, obviously it's different for every person probably, but like for someone to kind of start feeling better, there's probably, it seems like there's probably this phase once you would start something like this of feeling worse (laughs) just because you're going through all these things and yeah. then like how long before someone's like, Oh, like this is working. I feel like Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a great question. So I would say it kind of depends on why you are feeling bad. Again, if it's a, if it's just you, even if you're taking a product that upregulates those two, sometimes when you start a product like that, your, your phase two is just really, really poor, right? And phase two might be phase one might be okay. So if you're taking things that are upregulating both of them, They're both improving, but the one is still slower than the other. So if that's kind of, if we can identify symptoms that that's what it's um, related to, then we would just do some extra stuff to try to upregulate phase two, right? So you would, you could respond that. So to answer that question, if that's the case, if we don't change something, then you're not going to feel better. You're just Mm going to continue to to be feeling kind of miserable because again, it's stimulating toxins. If it's more of like a blood sugar thing, you know, because uh, you're used to eating a bunch of sugar and then you're not, then that typically takes about seven days Okay. so if you can eliminate sugar not taking any in you probably are going to be pretty in the beginning it's not probably going to be a big deal right 24 48 hours you're probably fine but then as you start to get away from it more and more then it's going to get really bad and then you'll after about seven days and something just kind of turns on now if you're like if you're maybe obese or type 2 diabetic then it might take longer, a little longer than that. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's a that's kind of a, a good range, seven to ten mm-hmm. days of that's feeling. It's that's, better. that's not long. No, not at all. And if it's a digestive issue, depending on if it is just due to you have a lot of toxicity, that kind of depends on how much this detoxification is actually stimulating elimination. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's what a lot of people think about when they think, "Oh, I'm going to do a detox," that they're just going to be in the bathroom all day long. That's <laughs> right? not, that's not <laughs> just what, an enema situation. Yeah, that's not what necessarily what we're talking about. But what should happen is you start to, if you're not, if you're irregular with your stools, you should start be getting more regular. You should start having difference in your stools, which. We probably got to do that one day, have a whole show on, on (laughs) what they should look like, those type of things. It's (laughs) huge. It's a, it's a big deal for, for people to be paying attention to that stuff, even though it's probably not the funnest thing to pay (laughs) attention to, but yeah, so it it just kind of depends on what the, what the symptom is. But when, even if I don't do these kind of detoxification supplements and protocols, when we just say, hey, let's go from the diet that you're eating to more of a cleaner diet, mm-hmm. getting rid of a lot of the toxic foods, getting rid of a lot of the sugary foods, getting rid of a lot of the bad fats, people feel better for that first 30 days. So it's tough to say, hey, you know, dev- day seven is when I felt better, or day 15 is when I felt better. They just notice, okay, when I'm changing In in the beginning, you're like, oh, I want this, so mentally you're probably not feeling great. Mm -hmm. But the more you can have these small victories of every day, hey, I didn't eat what I wanted to eat, I just stuck with the plan that I wanted to have, then you start to feel a lot better just mentally and even physically. So that first 30 days can be huge for people. And then the more you can do, if you're doing that and, and you're drinking more water and you're moving your body and you're doing these detoxification protocols, then, yeah, that first 30 days is pretty pretty good for people and then when would be
0: the right time to know when to stop like doing the extra like supplements or when can you just resume kind of your new healthier lifestyle
1: yeah yep so also person to person so just depending on how toxic so i'm typically not doing these detoxification supplements unless I think toxicity is the main issue for people. So this is back all the way to the, one of the beginning shows of that metabolic assessment form. So if I'm having them fill out that metabolic assessment form and it seems like liver detox is a big deal for them, then I'm putting them on typically this two week thing, maybe Mm -hmm. three week thing. So that's, it's just when the supplements are done Mm -hmm. that we'll kind of move away from more, uh, we'll move away from the detox focus to get to something else yep, so yep. T- it's no more than 30 days typically for got it. Okay. now when we're talking about like biotoxin or if there's heavy metal toxin Mold, then yeah it's a different that story can be a long time yeah, so years yeah all right last thing i'll say and because this is the longest show ever no it's uh, not It's not. we
0: had one that was 40 minutes oh shoot i got five <laughs> minutes no it,
1: this is just and, and there's plenty of other things we could talk about but i think this is kind of a um i guess pre what we we maybe we'll talk about next week, but also a little plug for something new that we're doing at yeah. the office. Um, infrared sauna. So we have an infrared sauna s- installed at our office in, in Davenport on the Iowa side here. And we're going to start to offer that um, I'm hoping in next week or so. Um, but basic understanding of how that's helpful. So of course, just sweating. We've talked about being helpful for, for detoxification, right? So if you can get into something that, Um, causes you to sweat more, then there's going to be a a benefit there. It's going to, the more you can sweat, the more you can get rid of toxicity. But the infrared sauna, and this is maybe we'll get into a little bit more next week, is it actually heats up your core temperature. So your core temperature, when you're sitting in, it raises. And then that's when your body tries to balance that core temperature rising out and it eliminates, you know, sweat from the body. So it can actually get down to the cellular level. Um, So penetrates through your skin instead of just sitting in something hot, like when you're outside and it's just something hot hitting your skin, this actually stimulates um, getting at the cellular level where Mm -hmm. it can get rid of some specific toxins, kind of release those that are a little bit more difficult to get out of the cell to get into your detoxification systems to be able to eliminate it. So infrared sauna is a huge deal for for people that need to kind of higher levels of detoxification.
0: Cool. Yeah, definitely. Next week, stay tuned for that. We're going to talk all about it.
1: Cool. That's all I got.
0: Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning into this series. If you know of anyone who might find this helpful, definitely share the podcast with them. And we hope that this was a blessing to you. We'll talk to you next time.